2: you have an Airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
3: hey guys we're bringing you some fun chat about one matter even though football is struggling it's Wednesday the 23rd of September I'm Kate Mason I'm Jim Campbell and I'm Andy Russell They said, "Don't make it too doomish."
1: Well, the world's not helped you out with that, is it? No, so.
3: <laughs> no, it bloody
1: hasn't. How are you guys doing though? I'm all right. I'm I'm chipper. I'm I'm, I'm feeling all right. You, you seem very. You, you, I'm worried about the future of football. Basically, Kate's, Kate's upset because somebody told her to come to the pub because Ian Wright was going to be there, and then she got there and Ian Wright wasn't there, and the whole thing was a ruse. And now you, your ego's bruised, isn't it? That's that What's going on here? Is that-
3: quite. That's privileged information you just (laughs) use. <laughs> that, w-
4: that
1: would make you feel less than optimistic about the future. It would, wouldn't it? You're all expecting to, to meet Ian Wright. See, every, like most other members of, of this team have met Ian Wright. Some, uh, uh, yeah, even people. I, people I Some know of us Acast, were born in the I'm same hospital as him. We
3: really, yeah, I was. Oh my
1: goodness! So a friend of mine who works for Acast as well, she, she's met him enough to know him fairly well. And all I want out of life is to be mates with Ian Wright. He's my football dad. I've never met him. Everyone else has. So I, d- I, well, I, I obviously, share
3: your pain. I share your pain. <laughs> yeah. Pain. Okay. Well, I'm glad about that. It feels like you're just rubbing it in a bit, Brussels.
4: <laughs> if you want, I can give you a short list of the other famous people to have been born in Lewisham Hospital. How do you know on, this? Then. It's yeah, quite weird. Is I don't know, you know anyone
3: this? who's been born in Peterborough. Don't you? Or Maybe no one famous ever has.
4: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I tell you who wasn't born in Peterborough. Maxi Priest, because he was born in Lewisham <laughs> Hospital.
1: Bross, because they were born in Lewisham <laughs> Hospital. I was going to say both of them. Obviously both of them.
3: <laughs> Famously
1: <laughs> twins. That's how that works. <laughs>
3: My goodness, me. Okay, cool. I didn't. Do you know who? Lots of people are born in the same hospital as
1: you. Uh, no, I was born in Barking Hospital. So, right in. Don't, don't. Absolutely, do not. We will not scrape that barrel
3: i think we might <laughs> R- write in there's a new uh, there's a new email show at footballramble.com. yes yeah so do write in tell jim who he was born next to yeah Please. that do. would be incredibly creepy i also feel as though we might be slightly like giving away you know this is a bit mother's maiden name isn't it like <laughs> 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 security right. questions on your bank account all right uh so there was some carabao cup action last night there was also not some carabao cup action but we'll get on to that um man you got their season actually they got their season off to a, a win ultimately but i think we should start with newport county three watford one yeah because that's a bit of good news isn't it they love the cups don't they, the they cups. they've got they've got to the fourth round of the league cup for the first time in their 108 year history
1: very impressive
3: that's lovely that's a lovely story
1: yeah, I mean, for Watford, it's got to just be like, oh come on, can we not, can we not have a break from this this relentless drudgery? Do, do you do you not think though, Watford having come into the Championship season, come into the Championship, that is a very generous way of putting it.
4: <laughs> like we're
0: here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> They've not conceded a goal in the first two games. I don't think they can slightly care about this. Yeah, maybe that's it. Just getting it out of the way. Ah, okay. I, I'm not meaning to diminish... Ten changes. Uh, ...Newport's achievements or wouldn't anything it? like that. But Newport have had their cup fun. They're
1: used to cup fun, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, they are. Sort of.
4: Um, so
3: you think Watford were just being supportive of that?
1: <laughs> yeah, on brand. Normally you love the FA Cup. Why not have a little run in the League Cup as well? yeah good at them nice. actually
3: okay alright then yeah fair enough 10 changes uh, suggest that perhaps it wasn't the main target of Watford's season but equally there was a lot of lively stuff going on in this and a couple of nice goals and a bit of elbow to the head at the end and a red card so oh was know. there I've, I've not watched it alright there we go. it was lively <laughs> in case that isn't clear Newport's
1: <laughs> second goal it was fantastic uh, lovely, lovely finish from the edge of the box um, so yeah I mean I wonder actually we probably are going to get a lot of teams fielding Let's be honest, particularly weakened sides in the cups this season because of the fixture congestion um, and obviously they're looking at um staying in the league because it's going to be as 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 important as if not more important than ever given the challenges that football's going to face this season, so we might actually see a lot of a lot of cup runs from from smaller sides do you
3: think it might it might actually make it a bit interesting a bit, a bit bit novel well, I don't know, but I guess this comes onto to the old like small clubs kind of struggling thing. So I guess that's why I was so happy to see a League Two side do well and, mm. and put out a proper side and, and play well because yeah. a lot of other other teams look as though they're... Yeah, we'll come on to that. Um, yes, Manchester United also won 3 nil at Leuton. Yeah. Maybe for Dean
4: Henderson. It was interesting, actually. I was watching the the, the highlights of this um, earlier today. And when Dean Henderson makes his save in the second half, and I think Martin Tyler goes, that's Dean Henderson's first save as the first team goalkeeper of Manchester United. And you think, wow, this is being built into a whole Narrative. thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously the fact that it was reasonably one way, certainly in terms of Luton's chances, I, th- I thought... I thought Luton actually played quite well and yeah. you know the, the two goals at the end were a little bit harsh on them. But it is interesting, isn't it, how much this De Gea-Henderson thing is, is being built up and Henderson's new contract, which is obviously paying him a lot of money and at least infers some sort of medium-term investment in him, if not just protecting the asset. Mm. I think it's quite interesting that everything Dean Henderson does, we've talked about the focus on De Gea, there's an enormous amount of pressure on Henderson to get it right in the limited opportunities before because when Sergio Romero plays it's oh right De Gea's not in goal today
0: Yeah, but it's
4: oh it's Henderson it's Henderson it's a moment for him it's a moment for Manchester United it's a moment for England
1: yeah and it's it's just going to run and run and run isn't it but I think he's at the advantage there though isn't he because I think we've seen time and time again that De Gea's got mistakes in him And it's been the narrative around him for a good few years now. Whereas, obviously, Dean Henderson was excellent for Sheffield United. But I think the neutrals are thinking, surely there's an easy fix to this De Gea problem. Like, from from within Man United, you're probably looking at how difficult it'd be to move De Gea on for the wages is on and Mm. blah, 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 blah. All the stuff that you, all the books you have to mentally balance when you're sort of looking at your own club. But from outside, you're just like, well, surely Henderson is the answer to that problem. And I feel like. There's less pressure on him than there is on De Gea. You know?
4: Yeah, there is. But it's, it's interesting, isn't it, how there's this sort of almost football societal push for Henderson. Mm. And funnily enough, in Spain, who've always been a bit about De Gea, now, for the first time, there's this push for De Gea. It was really interesting hearing after the internationals, particularly after the... Um, Germany-Spain game in which De Gea played very very well and is this is not
3: partly because the back of his keeper. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah possibly yeah. Poss- possibly but I, I think um, it was interesting to see uh, Luis Enrique come out after that and say yes you can see we're lucky to have two he s- did say two such great goalkeepers Bless and you them. know we're, we're, we're so lucky to have him and he's he's playing brilliantly and is all this the not a it.
3: Spanish export angle like don't you diss our players <laughs>
4: Yeah, like we can criticise him, yeah. but you yeah. can't yeah. criticise him. Exactly. Yeah, maybe.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, it's it's good to see um, Dean Henderson. I, I guess what the reason for the narrative as well is because he's this is actually a uh, competing for the number one jersey situation,
4: isn't it? It's not a and not just the number one jersey of Manchester United. Yeah, that's correct. why it's such an overarching theme. But I, I guess it, it must be funny if you're listening to this as Juan Matty You thought, hang about. Excuse you've, me. You've, you've gone about <laughs> uh, about Spaniards at Manchester United for ages, and you're not talking about. I actually played, and I
1: actually <laughs> scored. <laughs> I survived I give, Mourinho coming in, and I give money to Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, he's,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you make an excellent point. Should we give one matter a bit of love?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised, actually, that that Mata hasn't moved on because he's such a good player. And even as a a player coming to the twilight of his career, I don't know, maybe he's just comfortable and happy at Man United and happy to play that role. But you think he could get first team football somewhere else, right? presumably.
4: Although I do find it quite amusing that he's got this amazing, untouchable public image. You know, semi-retired, left-footed playmaker in his 30s. He does a lot for charity. But he's not ripping off his club by hanging around, is he? no.
3: Ah uh, yeah
4: yeah, shut up. Invest <laughs> 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 in better PR, is oh, Yeah, that's my no. advice. Yeah. <laughs> is it
3: a question of scale? I don't know. Like feeling like he's been treated know. badly.
1: Did you see him as it also post a little while ago where he he did um he just he just. He posted a picture of him praying um which yes. is obviously his faith is really really important to him and that's that's a, a in reasonable kit, wasn't thing it? in a real madrid yeah. kit yeah it's very pointed very yeah, very pointed
4: yeah. he's, he's not wearing the real madrid kit this week it's an old photo right quite well yeah. i mean who can i say? mean that's the
1: next step is <laughs> like
4: padding around his house in a real madrid kit
3: like <laughs> <laughs> oh, thinking of the time. old times
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> inverted brahman in scarf <laughs>
3: yeah. photoshopping a whole crowd behind him it's very weird behavior man. <laughs> like can you just have uh, used an old photo no no i wanted it to be from now
4: but yeah. pe- people only take the social media hints they they want to take yeah, I, I, I mean i do remember with danny sabayos last season there was that picture of him stood next to his telly in a Betty shirt at yeah. home and like you know people were using the same picture to link him with a loan move to Sevilla.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 like, it's the way come it's, on. social media sort of transfer stories have gone, isn't it? I remember yeah. we had an email a long time ago about somebody who had worked in a hotel where Santi Cazorla was staying for whatever reason. Mm. And uh, he brought room service up to him. And he was, yeah, I think he, would, he brought his PlayStation with him and he was playing FIFA or Pro Evo, whichever it was. And um, he was in a full uh, VRAL kit. <laughs> and this is as he was a while he was an Arsenal player, but like he was this is effectively his pyjamas. And it's like, oh, Santiago Zola's the most adorable footballer ever. But Danny Ceballos does something comparable, but he's mad Danny Ceballos. Everyone's sort of like thinking it's a pointed thing. It's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes footballers are just being people and they're not there's not an agenda to what
4: yeah, they're, they're ma- doing. Maybe footballers like wear you know old t shirts they got from work to go to bed in, exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
3: And Maybe Paul Pogba just tweeted that thing about, you know, the questioning face where Mourinho was getting sacked, you know. You know, you know what? when it By accident. Maybe. Like when
1: Joly Lescott sat on his um, phone and it tweeted a picture of his fancy car when he was getting loads of criticism. <laughs> we've, we've These things him... happen to us, don't they? <laughs> to all of us. We've <laughs> all been there. We've
3: yeah. All, I constantly tweet by accident. I mean,
1: we've yeah. all got fat fingers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the,
4: that's true. The, the, the bottom line is I, I would like to believe, though, Pogba doesn't wear to bed. You know that? Half and half Manchester United Saint Etienne shirt that his mum wore <laughs> when him and Florentine were playing each other in the in, in the Europa League.
1: That's adorable.
3: Is it? Is that not along the same sort of lines as like a half and half scarf? Oh, but when your mum, it's, it's, oh, it's the, the, the mother of two it. players
1: on on okay, each yeah, team. Okay, yeah,
4: fair that's enough. But sweet, it, it was it was a shirt. I mean, I, you know, I I know a little bit about how sort of parent child relationships work, and if I was I think Paul from memory because I, I think the half of the St Etienne shirt you had was the one with the badge on. Oof. If I was that's Paul, i I'd, I'd be looking at that and thinking... That's better. So why have you got that half for him? Yeah. Why couldn't you have done it top to bottom? Oh, it, no, it's this still, my God, it still, this is still with work. the crest. No, no. Oh, my God. Just wear, I mean, just, just wear what you
1: normally wear, Mum. It's, it's becoming a nightmare. <laughs>
3: A half and half scarf as well to like balance it. Oh,
1: yeah, but you don't want to encourage
3: those. No, 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 I really don't. This is this this is more
1: of a minefield than you think, isn't
3: it? Just try not to, you know. Breed footballers that play for different teams. That's that would be my takeaway from this. Exactly. Um, the other upset, I guess, of the night: uh, West Brom knocked out by Brentford. So final score two two. Brentford win on penalties, but it doesn't feel like these. Obviously, these two teams were both Championship teams not so very long ago. But it was
4: it was really West Brom Resis against Brentford Resis, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, it was, it was quite an to me not that recognisable Brentford side. Mm. Well, I saw Marcus Force scored one of the goals, and, and and he started, and he was he was on loan at Wimbledon last season. So,
3: all right, so a quality individual,
1: unbelievable, yeah, excellent. Well, Marcus, Marcus Force, to, always good to have a Marcus Force in there. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
4: But it was it was he did he did a really good job actually scoring that many goals for a, a team who weren't particularly good. So. Um, I'd like to see him get some games at Brentford this season. But really, it was about the Emiliano and Marcondes um, overhead kick, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. There's something really it's sad about good. an
1: overhead kid, kick in a empty stadium. Yeah, but still. We are going to get this thing, aren't we? Of all these sort of ghost goals almost that happen in empty stadiums that will probably not make the highlight reels. Yeah. the
3: whole question about, does it have as much impact if there's no one then? You know,
4: you know, Jim, it feels like you diminished some of my greatest goals at Power League when you said that. I find that very upsetting. Kate, can we move on? I'm sorry. sorry.
3: Do you not play? I suppose you prefer to play without supporters. You're you're a bit of a confidence player, but lower confidence, perhaps when people are...
4: Well, I like Mesut and Juan. I'm very much semi-retired these days.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But no one's worried that you're stealing a living Brussels. Uh, Right.
0: (laughs) Well, not on the football pitch, anyway. (laughs)
3: Uh, Now And then the other game we wanted to talk about is that was the game between West Ham, West Ham 5, Hull 1. Now, look, the um, interesting point about this is, so obviously Tottenham was supposed to play uh, Leighton Orient at their grounds and that was called off two hours before, a little bit. Mm. It was one of those real ones of like, everyone knows this is about to happen, but for example, on Sky, you of course can't report things until they're literally nailed down and yeah. everyone knows it's not yeah. going to happen. And the, the reason it was called off really is because uh, Tottenham volunteered to pay for the testing of the le- of of Leighton Orient. Um a slightly different setup in place that I don't, I'm afraid, fully understand. Maybe you guys do, but there's the sort of testing less regularly, and and basically it seems as though some decision was made about, how, you know, how often the tests are taking place, and it's fine to have fewer tests. However, the outcome was a lot of the late and orient players tested positive for coronavirus, and ultimately the game has been postponed. But who the hell knows how Tottenham are going to play mm. a game like that, given they were already supposed to be playing four games this week. Now, in- well, is, isn't this the issue before we even get to the the, the actual health aspect of it,
4: yeah. In terms of the schedule, the one thing we should have learnt, or the football authority should yes. have learnt from the shutdown, is there is simply too much football. Correct. Mm. Yeah. I mean, w- whatever the good bits of the, the the league cup this week. Why is this competition even happening? Yeah, this see, that,
1: see, that's the obvious one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I'm, you know, I'm sure the the you know any. Anyone who's particularly passionate about the League Cup might disagree. I'd be. Su- that was a very sneering tone you just but used. Do, do you know what I mean? No, it's, it's not like, yeah, but it's not like we're kind of denigrating a, a club or a, or a no, league, fine. is it? Do you know what I mean? I didn't think. That, does anyone really love it that much? Everyone's involved in the FA Cup anyway, so it's yeah. not that like there's not a cup competition, but it does seem the obvious one to rest for a season, mm. doesn't it? I think. I mean, presumably it's got complications with. I don't know. Does it affect potentially affect Europa League qualifications somewhere somehow I don't I don't know it's all yeah. they're all kind of mingled together in, in various ways aren't they but it can all be un, unmingled um,
3: the point I suppose I was going to go on to make is that Lake Orient did that Hull also offered the opportunity to test and they didn't take it so effectively what it feels like is happening is that Leighton Orient if you like did the right thing and said okay yeah yeah absolutely we'll we'll be tested and then Hull thought maybe we don't want to be tested. So yeah. what we don't know is whether those guys, we don't know if they had COVID at the moment when they're playing. What they what we do know is that David Moyes, Issa Diop and Josh Cullen also had had in the round of the normal testing, had tested positive for COVID. I mean, An it, hour and a half, they received that before yeah. they were I mean, due to play. And it just seems like, the reason I'm worried about football at the moment and was in a bit of a you know malaise earlier yes. it's just basically I just, like you're saying about this about this cup competition intermingling between the leagues given all the different testing situations that are going on and the different lives that people in League 2 live as opposed to Premier League
1: and
4: the he, idea that you can say yes or no to it is unbelievable
3: yeah. how can this continue I just don't see how I it mean can.
1: what more could Spurs have done oh sorry if West Ham have done if they, they, they've offered Spurs the test and I'll have said, it's fascinating that they've said no it's really really interesting but
3: why there. are they allowed to say no?
1: Yeah, well, quite, exactly.
3: I, I because the system it. is different depending on what league you're in. And if yeah. that is the case, then but how it's, it's, can
4: you play people from different leagues? But if you've got Leighton Orient and Tottenham and West Ham versus Sarlene at the same competition, how can, it, how can it not be consistent in the same competition? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. it's. Just, I, I appreciate that it's... That it's It's quite expensive, particularly for clubs that are a little bit cash-strapped. But where the Premier League clubs are offering it, it's fascinating to to not say. And actually, a lot of the talk before the game was that if it would be postponed, it would be, um, the fixture would go to Spurs, wouldn't it? But Mm. it seems there's now talk that it will be replayed. But then how? It's fairer, but it's still, exactly, it's, it's a nightmare in terms of fixtures.
3: I mean, you know, good for them to have a night off. I suppose, from my partisan perspective, but
1: I guess it's, you know we are living in an unprecedented time where there are going to be a multitude of challenges faced to keep football running as close to normality as possible. Are and we? This listen, is just one of them popping up.
4: Are we living in a time where you can't have strict protocols for a competition to even be played? <laughs> I mean, we, yeah. you, you know, that that's that's the bottom line, isn't it? I, I find that. Absolutely Just outrageous. Yeah. When, while we are tearing a strip off the, the Carabao Cup, we should say for balance, Sebastian Aller probably loves it. Yeah. Other energy goals. drinks
3: are available. <laughs> 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 wasn't well, sure you came going with that, but yes. Andre
4: Yarmolenko doesn't believe that. <laughs> so let's stick up for his point of view yeah, as well.
3: Let's, so let's talk about, I'm sorry, yeah, let's talk about the, the, the football. So effectively, you know, West Ham did well to win so convincingly yeah, in amongst brilliant. all of this um, Celtic situation. Yeah, and
4: uh, I guess if there's any value in the League Cup this season, it is the fact that um, teams haven't had a proper preseason. So yeah. mm. th- th- this is this is going to be a way of, we're talking about maybe the m- maybe the the competition shouldn't be happening. But if you're talking about actual game time for players to get up to speed, particularly peripheral players, mm. it may be quite useful.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean it's good to see Alair and Yarmolenko play so well because they're going to be. They're going to be players that Moyes needs to really sort of, you know, contribute this season. Because like, obviously, West Ham lost against Arsenal um, the other day. I don't want to talk about Arsenal too much, but um, I think West Ham was a better side. They were. They, they actually played really, really well. They, they did like, play perhaps well. A little bit yeah. blunt up front, but they you know, they're, they're they they're looked organised. Nick, yeah. a little bit
3: blunt yeah. up
4: front, and uh, Alar and Yarmolenko yeah. banged, exactly. banged a couple in the exactly. league cup. What are you saying?
3: So, what are you saying? Get <laughs> their shooting boots on. They'd lost their shooting boots. They left them somewhere else. Yeah I I think
4: it's is interesting though um the fact that when you look at the the front half of that West Ham team that played against Hull that is a lot of money That's really you, 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 you look at you look at those two you look at Lancini you look at Felipe Anderson mm. who I, I still can't get my head around no. the fact that he plays for West Ham this guy who <laughs> who, who wasn't a, a an automatic first 11 pick for Lazio and they thought right we'll pay Forty million euros. They paid a
1: lot for him, didn't they? They yeah. were. He was sold as if he had a bigger reputation than he perhaps did. Do you know what I mean? There was a lot of fanfare when it seemed yeah. like a bit of a coup when West Ham got him. It's like, oh, we've we've got this amazing player. People don't really know that much about. It's like you
3: what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Arsenal getting Arsene Wenger from uh, you know Japan, not quite as good. <laughs> <laughs> potentially but yeah I agree I was so excited when all of those signings were made by I mean mm. as, as excited as I, was, I can be about you know West Ham as signings but it well, did seem we, cool like they were going to come to the Premier League and, yeah, and for sure. change the game we, for them absolutely
1: and we were talking earlier about the, the first season Felipe Anderson had which was the season before last which seems like so long ago because it was where he was fantastic and I have, I have friends who support West Ham who were saying they'd not felt this way about a player since Dimitri Payet was there and it seemed fair enough because he was he was Consistently doing a lot of good stuff, and then it just seemed to drop off last season. And I really like him; he's a player. He's a player that's so entertaining to watch, uh, and they, you know, they love players like that at West Ham. They're like a sort of flair player. And it was it's really disappointing to to see him sort of like just stutter a little bit. And I hope we kind of, I hope we see more of um, the Felipe Anderson that arrived in East London than the one the one we saw last season.
3: Yeah, me too. All right, then, guys. Uh, let's get to a break. After this, we're heading to Loftus Road, Hotspur Way, and Estonia. All right, guys, welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's me, Jim, and Andy today. You were here yesterday, you two. Yeah, yeah well, we were. We it's never just, went home. That's a bit weird. All night, Carabao Cup party in here. <laughs> what that's how we been, stayed awake, what, drink. Exactly. What have we been plotting? That's why we're particularly wired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I feel like a substitute teacher. Um, all right, let's talk about some emails, shall we? Uh, we've got a shiny new... Email address show at footballramble.com, and you have been writing in and sending us lots of lovely emails, so thank you. And Joshi says, Hi, gang. How long before we can see actual freelancing footballers in the game, given the current climate, climate and also the many, many possible injuries players are going to have this season? Surely, one game contracts will suit many players.
1: Well, it's happened before, isn't it? We all remember Roy Essendow getting a uh, Getting a gig off C F A X and scoring a goal for Wickham Wanderers in there. was it the F A Cup I think it was wasn't it?
4: was it? away at Leicester.
1: Yeah, last minute winner away at Leicester. Brilliant, brilliantly famous story. And he's called Roy Essendo, which is just cool, isn't it? It's yes, like just a brilliant name. So it's happened before. You know, it might it might happen. You know, Watford seem to do it with managers, don't they? Germany yeah, of like Temp point. contracts. That's relevant. not
3: a bad idea for Watford. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I I I think for insurance purposes particularly in in this day and age it's it's, it's quite difficult in terms of one year contracts like that idea of a footballing freelancer, someone who just you know, in their mid-twenties signs a succession of short-term contracts for a top club Mm. I can actually imagine that and I've been able to imagine that for a while because I think, especially in a, a time like this, and I think it is when you're talking about an idea like this, all about the times, I think that you're going to have a lot of clubs that aren't going to want to overcommit, are they? Mm. You know, do, do you want to offer someone a a four-year deal, not knowing how, or a three-year deal, a free agent, a three- or four-year deal, knowing how, not knowing how, how deep the pot is? So I, I can I can see that. Like, from my personal perspective, if, if I had a footballing career, <laughs> I would love to sign a succession of one-year contracts and, like, play for 10 different clubs. Mm. I would love that.
1: But the thing is, that, I mean, this obviously... The email is is a little bit of a joke, but there are structures in place to stop exactly this happening. We've seen, you know, Roman Abramovich has been in the news recently because of of um, deals he's had with with particular players that didn't play for Chelsea, um, very through various um, you know different companies. Um, yeah, when TPO uh, was when, all the rage. Yeah, when it, it was yeah. it was perfectly legal when he was doing it. it Should make it clear. Um, also, obviously, Kia Gavachian had that issue with Carlos Tevez in the past, mm. where uh, the Premier League rules didn't allow sort of part ownership by by an agent, and so. Agents will try and do this. Mm. Like they would love that to be the case. They are pushing for that to be the case. So let's let's leave this alone because it yeah. would be it give them even more power if that was the Agents case.
3: Agents get even more power, and also, like you're saying, I suppose Andy's coming in on the part of clubs who might be struggling financially. But equally, you know, any any contract that's quite short puts the power in the in the employer's hands, right?
4: Not necessarily, unless you are like. If you're the player and you smash it you're going to be fielding all sorts of offers at the end yeah. of the but year. Even then, if you you
1: had had master Jorge Mendes is, which be is ideal for you. Master <laughs> of your own destiny. Yeah,
3: yeah but or even if but, Jorge Mendes, uh, even George if you,
4: Mendes is going to be master of your own destiny.
3: But even if you had lots of but even if you had a long contract, that was that would be the case, you'd be even more valuable in that case, no?
4: More valuable as a player, as, as, as an in, individual player rather than to the club.
3: Uh you'd be more yeah, you'd be able to be sold for more, right? Because the 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 value of the deal that you're on is so much greater you'd have to negotiate harder to get the player out of that contract, wouldn't
4: you? Sure, but I, I, th- I think if, if you're the player, I mean, admittedly, you don't get the long-term security, but on the other hand, you can, I think, charge more for a shorter deal. Mm. And then when you get to the end of it, the world's your oyster if you've played well.
2: Basic oh, economics
4: that, with a football ramble.
1: <laughs> yeah. Very basic Very, economics. Basic, underlined, italicised and in bold.
3: Guys, we're just, uh, you know, breaking out to the new football ramble presents yeah. <laughs> feed. I think this has got legs. Uh, Jim, I know you're quite into a few football rules.
1: Yeah will change, mess, we'll mess change ideas rules. yeah my community shield idea has got some mixed reactions on Twitter um, but uh, we've, they've inspired some more so Geordie um, Hokin, and I apologise if I've got your name wrong there Jordy um, or pronounced it wrong uh, he's, he's been in touch he said I've had this idea for a couple of years now and I reckon it's time to be taken apart by the football ramble crew <laughs> <laughs> at least he's acknowledged yeah, it's exactly, going to be yeah, taken he knows apart what's happen. here goes uh, award a point for each half which you win for instance let's say Liverpool versus Arsenal wins 3-2 mm-hmm. but the half time's was was um, 1-0 uh, to Arsenal. This would result in Liverpool taking the three points, but Arsenal being awarded a point as well because they won the first half. Right. However, if Liverpool had won both halves, they would get four points, for instance, if the half-time score had been 1-0. Uh, there are no points being awarded for half-time draws. If it ends in a draw, both sides will still earn one point, except if Team A won the first half and Team B won the second half, so they would both get two points. In my opinion, this would give the game another strategic edge and would stop teams parking the bus after the first half if they've gone, gone up in that half, it will also lead to more exciting ends to first halves. Now, a lot of terrible things have done in, been done in the name of attacking football, not they? Like the golden goal Many and sense. the silver goal, yes. uh, for example. But I actually think, um, you know, this would obviously never be implemented. But as an idea, I think it's, <laughs> it's, actually, like, it's quite interesting because, in theory, it would encourage more attacking football, which probably definitely benefits the status quo but that, i think whatever you do that's going to be the case so wait you um, get quite like is it to 3 see points
3: is it 3 points for so you get your 3 points for a win
1: but if you were winning in the first that's half safe, as well you in get the 4 words of Jim points Bowen. Yeah. yeah that's it if you three got you, you got your speed bot
3: so if you've won the first <laughs> half like in this example yeah you get one point and the other lot get 3 points
1: no uh, yes so yeah absolutely that but so if, if, you, you, if you if you, 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 you won, won their up won. in the first half and you lose the game you get a point for for winning the first half and whoever beats you gets 3 points
3: yeah, I don't know, Jim. I mean, or I, I think it would be. It be Ramble, interesting.
1: it be be interesting if if anyone has got the um, if anyone could has got the time to figure out what that would have done to the league table last season. Then please, please do it and <laughs> get in touch. But, but there, um, are,
4: there are there are no points offered for the second half because it says like. If yes, it, this is. What if, I'm if, not if, if Liverpool had won both halves, they would get four points. So if the, if the halftime score was one nil, they get a point for the first half mm. and then they get their three points. So for the you're win.
1: right. Yeah. If they, if they won each half, that because should be five points. For, for it?
4: me, the main benefit of this would be, in the second? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's exactly. Yeah. If a team's like five nil up at time and the other team comes out and, gets one in the second half while the other teams like sort of you got know got to win the second the half place. lads you've just yeah. got
3: to it's 8 8 whatever 7 nil, like in that hull game you exactly. got to go out
4: there and win this exactly i half. mean that, that would be deeply annoying to me the fact yeah. that when our manager goes well we won the second half he would actually be
1: right <laughs> yeah no, that, that, that like would infuriate it, me <laughs> more permutations let's you know it's 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 becoming a lot more like american sport let's just let's just lean into it
3: i feel like that would be right your cup of tea no Brassel. You want quarters in football, don't you, really, with your NBA, love?
1: Yeah, rolling subs, all of that. Yeah,
3: I'm actually quite into rolling
1: Two subs. Two goals if you score from outside the box.
3: Oh, <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> it's going to happen. Ah, another Football Ramble Presents series, the future of football as invented by us.
4: Jörg Alberts gets wheeled out of retirement, <laughs> despite the fact he's in his 50s. Hulk becomes the most important player in the world at 34. <laughs>
3: Uh, Some people would say. Yeah, I'm
4: I'm down with that, obviously.
3: Obviously you are. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for emailing in. That is some lovely stuff. And yeah, I think there's actually, when I first read it, Geordie I thought, it was a bit crap, to be honest, but now I think it's got legs. <laughs> so thanks very much indeed.
4: Just because something's crap, it doesn't mean it doesn't have legs. Okay? Yeah, that's a great if, point. if you've learned anything from modern society, <laughs> you should have learned that.
3: <laughs> right. Let's uh, have a little chat now about um what Les Ferdinand has been saying, the wonderful Les Ferdinand, uh, I think we can all agree, yeah. about uh taking the knee. So basically QPR, so he's director of football at QPR, um and in the their game on Friday against Coventry, they didn't. They decided not to take the knee, and then got a bit of a battering for it mm. on the old usual places. Um, and he came out and said yesterday they they released a statement QPR saying a number of pretty salient points, I think, um, but mainly about this this point that really, in some ways, Les Ferdinand and seemingly uh, the guys at QPR generally think doing something symbolic like that can also just be an alternative to action and he doesn't yeah. want that to be the case.
1: Completely. I mean, the, the points Les Ferdinand made are actually really, really good and I haven't really seen a backlash to those points. Quite often you you see that you see that happen, but um, he's effectively saying it's got to the point where it's been happening for so long that it's now sort of become tokenism and people are doing it, as you've alluded to there, Kate, rather than actually taking action. And he's pointed to QPR's record in terms of, um, you know, um, of just encouraging diversity and actually, you know, Taking action and, and and what a diverse club they are, and, and a lot of the stuff they do in the community, and I think it, it's it's really good. This is part of the conversation that needs to happen. The conversation, as we've said before, it can't really die down, can it? it, it it's always going to be a changing um, landscape in terms of. Keeping the fight against discrimination in the public consciousness, keeping it moving, so people, it, so it doesn't just become wallpaper, basically, because it isn't going away. It's always going to represent a, 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 a changing set of challenges, and I, I think it's, it's just fantastic the way that Les Ferdinand has, uh, has has made his point. He's made it really, really clearly, and and, and the comparison he made to the clap for Carers situation mm, was really perfect good. because yeah. people actually felt like clapping every Thursday. Uh, was was getting a bit. Again, it it was becoming tokenism. It was it becoming was just a, an empty gesture. How like
4: people were like getting shamed by their neighbours, yeah, for, yeah. For, for for not joining in. Yeah, and, exactly, and and, and stuff.
3: Because I don't know about you guys, but the first time that clap for Carers thing happened, and I suppose it's more likely that it would be this way in if you live in a big city because there's more people around, mm. so you can get more of a weight of noise. Whereas if it's like just you in a hamlet, then yeah. probably you're just clapping on your own. Um, but I thought it was pretty. Really, quite emotional.
1: Uh, yeah, a friend of mine. Sure. A friend of mine is a nurse, and she was on her way to her shift oh. when it happened, and she was. She said she had tears in her eyes because obviously the first time it happened, it was a. It was a really beautiful, emotional thing. But by the end of it, it had become a thing. People felt obligated to do, mm. and and I, th- I th- Les Ferdinand is making that point, and it's you know. It's a, it's a signal that something needs to be done, mm-hmm. but it's not actually something being
4: done. <laughs> absolutely. Great yeah. point. That's the point that Les Ferdinand is is making. I thought the interesting quote from him was, uh, recently I took the decision not to do any more interviews on racism on football because the debate was going round in circles. And he's absolutely right. It shouldn't be down to um, black players or black leaders in football, of which there are unfortunately very few, or black people in society in generally in general, to talk about it for sort of, you know, public sport, really, should it? It, it, it shouldn't just be that. It, sh- it should be. The fact is that actually doing something about major issues is is boring, it's monotonous, it's mm. insistent, it's unglamorous. It's, and it's but not it, something it, it, you're
1: rewarded for, is it? Exactly.
4: Is... And it's not something that happens overnight. It's a continuous process. And I, I think that's what he's, he's, he's trying to bring to mind.
3: Yeah, and you hear about what it's like at QPR, and not just diversity from a kind of um, race perspective, but gender as well. I've heard of coach female coaches working under as Ferdinand, and just it just seems like they're kind of living the values, if that doesn't sound too naff no. to say no, not at all. Um, out loud. But yeah, so that, that's a really interesting way, the way that they've taken back Seized control of the narrative uh, in a really nice way. A um, little glance over at Tottenham, shall we? I'm sorry, it's not. I didn't put this in, guys. It's not a. It's not a. Like, oh, we haven't talked about Tottenham enough. But anyway, Alex Morgan's just been presented um, at Tottenham, and there is a North London Derby on Saturday in the. Uh, FA Cup last year's FA Cup which is still happening <laughs> the quarter finals. that makes my head
1: hurt oh, my brain is blown
3: I don't think she's going to be playing in it from the sounds of things she hasn't played in over a year uh, she had a baby four months ago get her on for
4: ten minutes of sub score oh, a goal do the cup of tea celebration yeah. I think yes. so trigger it's g- everybody it's got g- 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 to be done <laughs> I mean yeah. is going to do that every any... time now but do you think?
1: if there's any game you're going to do it in it's got to be the North London yeah. Derby <laughs> I mean come on I mean it's, it's not a stretch to uh, expect Alex Moore going to score a lot of goals for Spurs, <sighs> is it? So I, I would love it if she does that tea drinking celebration every time. Well, Just I suppose if, if you're doing up.
4: it against Arsenal, it's got to be a latte, is not it? Oh, absolutely.
1: You've got, well, you, well, you you got, you... you got
4: to go to the corner flag, mind the whole barista
3: thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure what you meant, because I was like, I don't know, a latte, you normally hold it in like a bigger mug, don't you? So you could be drinking a pint. She'll have thought about it. Yeah, yeah. I think
4: she will. She's ahead uh, of the game, is Alex.
3: She is ahead of the game. So yeah, that'd be wicked. I, I yeah, I don't know if she'll feature in that, but she did the... Um, it was quite fun watching her press conference stuff and like, oh, obviously Spurs is a big club. I know all about. I don't know. Do we believe that? I think so. Yeah, of course. She's a professional footballer. Yeah, okay.
4: She's heard of you guys? Well, it's, it's a you know, Spurs are a a, a team that are building a women's club, a club that are building a women's yeah because they're aren't aren't not like...
3: that good. Is the point I'm making as a women's side?
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's o- new. Obviously, only their second season in the in the top flight. But yeah. yeah. On the other hand, it's a big name in football and as well I think Spurs of a club as a club have made a big effort to put the women 's team front and center in that first season they've yeah. made an effort to get them pla to Played play in at stadium, the, the, the main also, stadium yeah to, to actually to actually, <laughs> to actually get people in all of that's really important and it is kind of like i guess they're in they're in a similar position and maybe the w s l to an extent is is in the position if you think of the Early years of the 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 Premier League, Mm. when you you're not just obviously you want to get in the best players you can, but you think of like when Hullet arrived or Zola arrived, and Zola had you know an Indian summer that no one could have uh, imagined. But it's 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 kind of that, isn't it? The fact that um, Alex Morgan is is still a great player, Mm. but it's it's about having those big names to sort of make an impact and almost. It's not as if what she does on the pitch is insignificant, of course, it isn't insignificant, but just the fact that she's come mm. is absolutely enormous. And I think you know, you can look at it and say, Well, because of the current situation with US soccer, you know, we don't know how long she's going to be here, we yeah. don't know how long, um, Rose Lavelle's going to be here, but you know, in, in the short term, does it matter? It's about planting a flag at the moment, isn't it?
3: What's cool is having seen also her say that you know the reason she's come is because she realised she, much like Gareth Bale, probably she realised that she needed to get some regular game time and yeah. and the thing about the states at the moment is it's not stable their league and and yeah. and I obviously I'd rather every, in the women's game everything was stable and as we've discussed earlier that there wasn't such a lot of chaos going on but it's quite exciting to me that England is the place. That people are able to find stability at this point in the women's game, so yeah, I'm quite excited to see, and I'm just impressed at how like you know they do all those uh, warm-up stretch videos and like all those cutaways, and she looks incredibly bloody flexible for someone who's just <laughs> basically just given birth. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, yes, I promised we get to Estonia. Yes. <clears throat> which I don't know when the We're to last went there. But um, what, did you guys see this, this little video of um, an Estonian Premier League game? Uh, the ball went out of play. kick just happened. The ball goes out of play. Whistle's blown. 13 seconds in. On comes a sub yeah absolutely baffling
1: well it was because the the player subbed off was 16 years old wasn't he uh, so there he is did a rule look like a child yeah there's a rule Laurie where they sup. have to do yeah. so they have there's a rule where they have to start with two homegrown players so they started with him because a lot of the players have tested positive for coronavirus right. so they had to stay away so they he he managed to fill that um, homegrown quota so they just took him on straight away because he's a literal boy
4: I mean, but, this this has been done in the EFL Trophy before, hasn't it? Formerly known as the Checker Trade, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> well, because you've got to play x amount of players from the previous Saturday and right. x amount of senior players who played a certain percentage of your games, so you'd start the game with those players and then just
1: sub them ten minutes in. Then I hope or no one work. gets hurt.
4: But
3: partly, I think thirteen <laughs> exactly. seconds. Surely the kid could have.
1: Yeah, it's a bit demoralising. Thirteen isn't
3: it? minutes, two minutes. Three minutes. Anything look, more than 15 It Depends how he reacts
1: seconds. now, doesn't it? If he's, if he's going around the dressing room, like, with the U-Ting. Right? Big first-team <laughs> Why are you even talking to me? Don't even look at me.
4: Probably. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit like when um, Marco Arnautovic, um, the, the Austrian player. Well, of course, he played in the Premier League for a bit, didn't he, Marco mm. Arnautovic? Yeah. In, when, he was, when he was a bit younger, he was part of the inter-squad. The inter-squad... Yeah. Who won the Champions League final in 2010 and he had Champions League winner 2010 embroidered on his boots? Oh, and when he arrived at Werder no. Bremen, Torsten Frings, very experienced player, of course, very, very decorated player, had a look at his boots and said, Oh, God, what's this? And he went, it's Something you've not won. <gasps> oh, is that
3: a little it's something bit something
1: you've not won, Marco?
3: Is that a little bit well,
1: exactly
4: <laughs>
3: referees? Having you know Klattenberg having the Champions League. Oh, it's show.
1: not that bad.
4: <laughs> he tattooed onto
3: his. Where was it? No I do I'm just going to remember.
1: Strange implication. <laughs> it's th- a lot
4: th- similar. To I thought th- I, th- I thought you were going to talk about Mossy on his on his
3: boots on his boots. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I
4: think that's quite. Exciting. I, I, th- I think I you know, offer but it they offer it, they? it for a pound extra for most online retailers. Yeah. You're probably sitting there, you know, add a couple of glasses of wine while you're ordering your new boots and you're like, Yeah, why not?
1: Jordan Pickford having get the rave on will always be the ultimate for me. Yes it will. Wonderful. Oh bless him.
3: Yeah. Oh I don't know, actually is that the reaction? Yeah. Bless him, Jordan Pickford. I'm fine with that. I back that chat. All right, guys, that's it from us for today. Um, Make sure to look after yourselves, both you, Andy and Jim, and you lovely Ramble listeners. Say goodbye.
4: Me and Jim will be looking after each other during our next Carabao Cup marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. <laughs>
3: Thank you. <laughs> They're not Goodbye. going anywhere, these nope. two. They're not going anywhere. Room for the long sit- haul. <laughs> sitting in the studio like weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Jim. Bye. On tomorrow, it is Marcus, Luke and Fish. And you're not staying here, you conned me. I'll be back soon. Catch you next time. This was a Stakhanov production and part
2: of the ACAST Creative Network. Hold up.